0: Uh, good Thursday morning to you to you and yours let me try this again great Thursday to you and yours Tony Basilio welcoming you to another edition it is your Tony Basilio show it is a Thursday and um, wow what a day here in Knoxville it uh, it absolutely poured overnight and it woke, woke, woke me up a couple times how hard it was raining but um You know we need the rain, and you know the strange thing is it's the what is it the we in the second day second day of March, and man everything's in full bloom outside, and it is wild. I mean things are just really blooming like it's mid-April or something. But uh, that's where we are, and I want to welcome you in. John Adams is here, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. John uh, called me uh, yesterday afternoon, and we had a conversation. He had a profound something to say I want to ask him about. Matt Dixon's here. Brian Hartman is here. And Bruce Pearl is uh, somewhere out of his mind uh, today, wherever he is. Uh, We'll get to that. Um, Um... So we're gonna we're gonna get to it uh, today on the show, John. Good morning to you. How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing well, Tony. Thank you.
0: Brian and Matt. Buenos noches, Buenos dias, Buenos tardes. No matter when people are listening. Good morning. Good morning, John. And Matt. Good. Good, good as always. Good afternoon. No matter when you're hearing us. Yeah. And good night. Guys, we had church in here yesterday in honor of Roger. That was that was um, that was an extremely impactful day in my life. Extremely impactful. Talked to Roger's pastor uh, today, and um, he said that they're right now making tentative plans for Sunday evening. I'm going to let you know. Receiving a friend's, I'm going to let you know. The living listener, I hope that's something on the blog tomorrow. Um, once they get concrete plans, but uh, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll know something tomorrow uh, to talk about on the air. Um, John, you you and I were talking last night. I just wanted to leave people with this, and then I want to go into the Tennessee Auburn deal and uh, Bruce Pearl public freak out last night because he had a public freak out and i want i want y'all to hear this um and it's why i love pearl i just think that i i think if i went through life as a college basketball coach i think i would comport myself like a vitello like a pearl i think i would be i think i would be all about my team and fighting for my guys which is one of the things i love about tony valls People think, well, Tony Vols is all about him and this and that. Tony Vols is like an open wound. He's like a, um, not a wound, but um, a nerve, like a nerve ending. He's like a literally, and that's how Pearl is. You know what those guys are thinking almost by looking at them. You can almost tell. Those guys would be both, like me, horrible at poker. I asked my son one time, I said, Anthony, how come when I play poker? Because he's good at it. I say, how come when I play poker, Anthony, I get dusted? He goes, Dad, I, I can walk in a room and tell what you're thinking. I mean, you're not, you're not ever going to be able to play that sport, play that, uh, play that game. John, you and I were talking yesterday about just the impact, and you're, you've written a column on Roger that's going to appear tomorrow uh, across your various platforms, including in the New, Knoxville News Sentinel. But, um, how many columns have you ever written about guys that call talk shows in your uh, in your lifetime? <laughs> wow,
1: I don't know if I ever have I mean I've been at this so long, and I just uh, all those columns start to run run together but. It's kind of, this this was an unusual deal, and uh, probably wouldn't have written it if it were just just a talk show caller. But there was there was more to Roger than that, and you knew him very well. I certainly didn't know him as well as you, uh, but I think it was a um, it, it, it was just he's uh, very interesting person. Uh, an exceptional person in some ways and uh, for years I've been when I've made appearances on talk shows and and I've been doing this show with you now for what is it, a year and a half or so and uh, when Roger calls uh, I would kind of tense up because usually he's going to ask me a question right off the bat and you deal with roger almost daily and matt and brian do as well and so you can you can uh, sort through roger's uh speech cadence and find the right words uh it's harder for me because i didn't i didn't uh engage him that much because he did have a severe speech pediment on air but I really focused, and I really, I really tried hard, and I was able to decipher what he was saying virtually every time, and it was a strain. But you know, it's a normal reaction might be oh, I don't, I don't need this. is too hard. But Roger, if Roger was willing to do this and make that effort, and to fight through a speech impediment. And to call talk shows, I owed him that much to really try to comprehend what he was saying. And I got better at it as we went along. And uh, oddly enough, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I met Roger in a supermarket one time. And I wrote about this in the column. Uh, He came up to me and started talking. And he didn't introduce himself. I didn't know him by face. Uh, didn't recognize him. But as he talked, I picked up on, oh, this is talk show caller. But the, the odd thing about it was there was no prevalent stutter. There was just a slight stammer that, did, that didn't seem that unusual at all. It was perfectly easy to understand him. And, uh. So that on air, uh, he had that he had that problem, but not not if you're dealing with him face to face. So, um, and I, uh, <laughs> I called him by the wrong name. I confused him with another talk show hot caller when I figured out he was a caller. And and I wanted to make a point because I wanted to be really nice to him because he's so nice. And when somebody's nice, you want to be nice back to them. And so I called him by the wrong name several times. And when I left the supermarket, I realized, oh, my gosh, I called him by and felt horrible. And I saw him there at the supermarket a year later. And as soon as I saw him, I said, hey, Roger, I was so glad to see him. And I said, I need to apologize to you. Last time I saw you in here, I called you by the wrong name. And he just laughed. He didn't even, he didn't even remember that he was just glad to talk to me and uh and i was talking to brian yesterday about roger and brian made a really good point he said roger was one of those people that was he just always seemed upbeat and always seemed happy and he was a good person to be around um and you wanted you wanted to return that you you wanted if you if you met roger And you were around him for a short time. I think there were you just wanted to hope when he left he felt better because you want to return what he's giving you. That's right. And and that's that's unusual. Um, So I think, and we talked about this yesterday, you and I, uh, and, and Brian brought this up also. You don't really. Realize the impact of people a lot of times until they're no longer here. I mean, you think of them day to day, and and and, the, and you deal with them, and you might like them, but you don't realize the significance. You don't realize their significance. But I think, um, I think with Roger, I think a lot of people do. I was I was at, at a restroom yesterday, and. Just struck up a conversation with a stranger and he brought up Roger. Wow and I think I think there was a lot of that going around all over all over this town um, because I, even people and I know there are a lot of people you, you turn on the radio and you're listening to Roger and and he's got that speech impediment and you, you just want to change the channel. But even if it if you if you did, if you got to know Roger you didn't you didn't think of him in that context. you didn't think of him as somebody with a speech impediment who could get on your nerves on the radio. You thought of a person that was so genuine and and so kind and so friendly. And that's how it will be remembered—not, not for speech impediment.
0: Well, and and one thing I just want to get out of the way because you, you said something yesterday a really profound impact on me, and I, I want to share this with the audience because this goes for everybody listening, no matter where you are, how much money you have or don't, how much influence you have or don't, how much, how many mistakes you've made in your life or haven't, um, how many, how much you've messed everything up in your life or haven't, how much family you have or don't, how estranged you are from whomever or not, how much loving and losing you've done or not, just everybody. You you said something to me, and I'll walk you into this and you can kind of finish it, but you were talking about how um, you've written two books about where you've come from, and I have a dear friend. I come from a small town. We've thought about writing a chronicle ourselves. Like, you've sort of inspired me. You've written an article or written a couple of books about where you've come from, people that were there, just sort of a document, you know. Almost like a love letter kind of thing for uh, your town you grew up in, in Louisiana, which is kind of a beautiful thing. But you were telling me, you know, in light of Roger's passing, that you you had learned kind of a, a valuable lesson from that share it with us well
1: i think tony we uh uh and, and i relate this to my hometown when i would return to my hometown at various times in my life and i went back a lot more when my mother was alive but i would go back i rarely went out a went a year without going to my hometown. And I would go around town, and there was still a lot. I had a lot. I didn't have a lot of family, but I had a lot of friends there, and I would always go see them. And this was just a routine. And because I liked them all, and it was great to see them, and that kind of thing. But it wasn't after until after they weren't there anymore. That was a generation ahead of me. That I really appreciated the impact of that. That those moments which were seemingly inconsequential, enjoyable, but of no great impact. Actually, they were of great impact because they just made me feel better about things. And that's when you look over the totality of your life. uh, (laughs) I'm not trying to be too philosophical here, but uh, our conversation got me thinking about this. But when you look back over the totality of your life I think I found this that I realized some of these little moments with people I liked it might have been a very short time but they had an impact and I wish those could have been multiplied and there would have been more moments but those little moments are what really to me make life most meaningful and it's not so much what you accomplish or What you do. It's more about these connections you make and even though they seem not of great significance when they're happening, they really are kind of one of the most important things.
0: And that's why people say when they when they hear what we do, you know, they go, You know, one of the things I get about you, Tony, is you're kind of a real moron and you're goofy. And you know, at times you're out of control, and I'll I'll plead guilty on all that. I'm I'm too silly a lot of times, and uh, and yes, um, my mouth will get me in trouble. Um, stick around ten minutes if you don't believe me. But I love people, you know, and I love the community. I even love the people that drive me crazy. Um, it's just fascinating to me, like this sage moron that uh, decided to appear in your column, ripping me. Um, I even enjoy stuff. I mean, I just enjoy that. And I, I guess at the end of it all, it's one of the reasons why I love sports. I, I'm going to say this. I, I, believe in, I believe in God. Okay? Some people don't. I do. I believe in sport because I believe in the connectivity of sport, the dynamic of a team. Even if you're in a uh, individual sport like my son, like both my kids, my daughter and my son, she played tennis, he played golf. There's even a connectivity in that because you're a part of a community of people that are doing something, and there's like an expectation of you. Um, there's fellowship in that. There's hey, let you know tennis. Let's go hit the ball here, and we'll get to know each other. And you know, I just and and I believe in the ability of sport to teach us things, the ability of everyday life to teach us things. And one of the things that you, yesterday, when you were talking, I I was thinking about, you know, Roger, and right after you and I talked, Channel 8 came in here and filmed something with me. And, And I was sitting there thinking, you know, here's a guy in his life Who, nobody made a great fuss over. We celebrated him, okay? Now, I I will say we celebrate. We had his birthday party, and we would get him on the air and mess with him. I cared enough to mess with him. You know what I mean? Like, I cared enough to bring him in. We did. We all did. And we'd poke at him, and he would poke at us. But this guy passes away, and then all of a sudden, I'm having people text me things, John, like he inspired me because... I grew up with a speech impediment. I heard him on the radio, and because he could do and wasn't afraid to call shows, it inspired me to work through the speech impediment, speech issues I was born with. I had a guy who advertised with us who told me that yesterday, uh, and I read it in a a text. And then I'm thinking, you know, in all my years, in all my years, of 30 years, I'm coming up on 30 years, I've had a lot of callers pass away down through the years, man. A lot of that. Never, ever, ever have I had a camera crew in here. Never have I talked to a lead columnist like you last night uh, regarding a guy. Never have I heard of a church shutting down their usual Sunday night service that they usually do because they're going to make it Rogers night and they're going to invite everybody there for this guy that the world would have looked at and said, hey, you know, uh, I don't know about him. And and they're just somewhere in there, and this is a sports show, some will get to it, but there's something profound that I'm just kind of like... That my brain is just sort of my brain is just sort of tripped on it, and, and my spirit and, and just um, and, and just the level of appreciation that I have to see this. And, and you know, if I could change one thing, it would be to bring Roger back for a couple of minutes. And just for him to see this, I think he would get such a kick out of. And you know him, Matt knows and Brian knows. Him. He would, he would get <laughs> such a kick out of. They did a story on me on Channel Eight.
1: I think he would be in shock.
0: Uh, no question. No I, I question. Think he would have
1: a. He would have. I can see his face. I think it would be an expression of disbelief.
0: This is about me, you would me. say. About me. Yeah. Y- you guys talked about me for three hours. A- and, John, listen. I had to break the show off yesterday at like one forty-five Eastern time. Because, quite frankly, it had been like a 24-hour odyssey. And my mind, it's not about me. It's not about me. I'm just being honest with my emotions here. I just couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just like had like a, uh, you know that thing you get where you get kind of, it's not stress, but it is, and you're crying all the time, and you get like that pain in your back, like in the middle of your back, you're just like, that's it. And you know, Laura said, in all our years of doing this, all the controversial things, the firings, the all the things that have made people mad down through the years, right? Our email inbox basically crashed last night because we had so many messages regarding Roger. Now I just find that to be she said Tony Shiano Sunday um, all the nonsense the, with the filmer all the craziness with the Dolly and the Jones and the this and the that and the thing The thing that basically crashed our deal last night. So if you were sending an email and it came back to you, there was a reason for that. I mean, it's incredible. So last night, Tennessee's getting ready to play Auburn. Matt, did you watch the Alabama-Auburn basketball game? You know, we've complained on here a lot this year, which really is not my nature to be bitchy. It's just not, you know. (laughs) Psych. A great old school, and I mean old school, college basketball game played between Auburn and Alabama last night. Not a good game, a great, and I mean a great, college basketball game. First of all, Auburn shoots the ball like wild men. They shot 63% from three-point land and got beat. 63% from three-point land that got beat. And do you know why they got beat? Because they were playing eight on five. Now, they didn't handle it well, and they're wild, and they're erratic. They didn't get one call down the stretch. Not one. And they got one of their star players injured. I mean, Alabama was out in full force last night. The, the, uh, the, The Hoover Mafia. Matt, did I, was I seeing things, or was Niedermeyer officiating last night's game? Was Jeremy Pruitt out there, Matt, officiating (laughs) last night's game? I mean, was I seeing (laughs)
2: things? (laughs) They might as well have been.
0: The Fitzgerald
2: guy? Auburn Auburn got uh, a raw deal with the officials when it mattered. Rush Probst? I mean, was I seeing things, Matt? No. No, that's. No, Auburn got the screw job, but they also gave up a 17 point lead in the second half.
0: Well, they did do that, and
2: and a lot of that was not because of the the officials, and you know maybe a little bit of it was, but they also blew a big lead, and you know I think they had a a Wendell Green contested step back long two at the end of regulation that that was their best chance to win. Yep. Uh, they didn't run any you know they, you know that Auburn deserved to win that game. They outplayed Alabama for the majority of it, but they they did kind of get screwed there at the end and now they're prob- probably playing for their tournament life on Saturday, which is a dangerous thing, but it' it'll, it'll also be I think it'll be difficult for them to to get up off the mat after a an overtime game late on a Wednesday night. The, the emotional turnaround that they'll have to make, but Pearl, it does seem to be pretty good at that. But Auburn's in a playing game against Tennessee on Saturday.
0: Their big man got hurt at the end of the game, which Pearl, you're going to hear him mention here. He uses the term "they crushed us." Now, I'm not, I'm not m- making sport of like the Tourette syndrome, but I want you to listen to this because this sounds like a guy with Tourette's. This guy goes ballistic. One other thing. I don't know who Auburn's people are that do these games. Um, I, I think Sonny Smith's one of them.
3: He has been. Here,
0: that's sitting here. We're going to ask him, but he's coming on tomorrow. Uh-huh. I have never heard a coach this upset. This is from Grant Ramey's Twitter account I'm replaying. I'm sure several people captured it. I want to give him credit. I, I really want you. I want everybody to listen up to this if you haven't heard this this is because i get up this morning and laura says because i'm listening to some goofy whatever i'm listening to this morning she goes have you heard pearl's rant and i said no i don't know what you're talking about she i'm gonna send it to you you need to listen to it and when i and usually she doesn't do this she's watching me while i'm listening she's like i'm gonna watch your reaction to this i had to play the thing twice i go there's no way. That happened on Auburn Radio. John, I want you to listen to how flat-footed the guys doing the game are and they don't know what to say. And Pearl, knowing him, he he's looking for some, some kind of reaction from the, He gets no reaction, he throws a headset down at the end. Now this is this is 90 seconds. Of what I call a raw nerve. And you tell me if this isn't Bruce Pearl 101. John Adams today presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. And Bruce Pearl sounds like a senior that needs a little help. Here we go. Oh, By the way, online at seniorshelpingseniors.com. Club
4: played its out tonight, Bruce. Yep, we played well. We played hard. We should have won the game. Um. Very, very disappointing. Um, you know, obviously they made some made some plays. We had a hard time staying in front of them. At the end of the day, um, I'm just sick and tired of our guys getting smashed down there. Smashed. Talk about the the, the final possession in in regulation, Coach. Message to your ball club after this one, Bruce. Just We played hard and we played well, you know, if, if that's the number one team in the country, you know, come on the road hostile environment Yeah, but we need that one to get the NCAA and we and we didn't get it Dylan Cardwell's hurt. He's probably not gonna play against um, Tennessee because of his injury we need his physicality he got he got fouled down there at the uh, uh, and, and at the end of the game So Coach, just talk about what what Saturday represents now. Oh, just, we'll get ready to play Tennessee. We're we're incredibly outmanned at the end. Had three, four guys on the bench in foul trouble.
0: Joke! Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl joining us tonight. What in the (laughs) world? The Tigers fall. All right, let's do this one more time. Now, I want you to listen. This poor play-by-play guy, he throws his headset down and goes, joke. And he just responded to it like, he just talked to Buzz Peterson. Yeah. After they played App State and it was a uh-huh. ten point win, John. That that's not no offense to those people, but that's not exactly handled well by the by the broadcast team there. No, you have an incredible epic moment here, and this coach is on the verge of
1: exploding, and you just you get just go flatline. Like uh, it was just another, it was a non-conference game in December, and well, you you got to you got to encourage that. You got to go, Bruce. Why are you so upset? What is your big beef here? And how he's would let uh, it John go. Warder? How would
5: John Warder, Bob Kessley handle that? You think not like that? No, not like that. No,
0: Bob Kessley would have said, "So, Rick." What about the Caldwell play? What do you, What do you mean? You said, you you, you just vehemently said smashed. What what you, what specifically? What What do you mean? What do you mean smashed? What? Yeah. Describe that to me. Yeah. What is smashed? I want you to listen to this again. This is um. This is remarkable because. In our day and age, see, the Tony Valls and the Bruce Pearl, they don't play by the rules everybody else plays by. This is the era of big money, agents, coaches telling people what to say during interviews, which makes it just a very sterile and boring world. And this crazy SOB got in a microphone last night and went off. And Tony... With just the slightest, the very slightest prod, this thing would have gone oh. to an even higher level. And that's what John and I, as professionals, know. I've telling a friend of mine that asked, can you imagine if I was interviewing him, what he would have said by the end of that? Oh. This guy... I'm not pointing fingers at those guys. This guy's flat. I mean, that guy right there, probably Sonny's not even have a headset on at that point. It's probably that guy doing the interview. I'm sure yeah, that's what's going was. on there. Uh-huh. Right? Can I assume that, John? Sonny's yes. doesn't have yeah. a headphone on there. That's. It's a cursory deal. We're just going to visit with the coach for three minutes and then go to a commercial break. And
1: Yeah, and Tony, it was like a moment. And you have the person during, doing the interview is right out, of, he's right
0: out of corporate of a corporate boardroom. That's exactly right. I call that corporate. I call the reaction to that because look. In life in newspapers right now, a lot of corporate newspapers. Used to be community newspapers. A lot of it's corporate. There's a lot of corporate radio. Used to be community radio. I'm not you know. One thing I'm never <laughs> One thing I'll never be accused of here is being corporate. You, you 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 will say a lot of things about me. Now some people say, "Well, you're unprofessional." Ugh. Okay, guilty is charged. If that's being professional, right there, guilty is charged because there's no way I would have let Bruce Pearl get up after 90 seconds. Well, Bruce, uh, let's look ahead to that Tennessee game. Yeah, let's talk about it, Bruce. You're going to be without Cardwell because they smashed him. In your words, Bruce, they smashed him. Bruce, do you believe they didn't call a foul there? Well, did you see
5: the, the Johnson play when it was 83-80, I think a three-point game in the last 10 seconds? He literally – Tell us about it. I mean, I mean, he, he literally – I don't know how they didn't call a foul, but they didn't call a foul, and the ball got knocked out. He, he was hit in the chest, and the ball came out of his hands. There were no foul call. Alabama got a breakaway dunk, and the game was over. And that was an overtime.
0: So I'm watching uh, the Kentucky game last night, Matt. Did you see any of that, Matt? I'm going to tie it together uh,
2: here. I did. I, yeah, I was, yeah, I had both of those games on.
0: Oscar Toshibwe, hey, you think Oscar Tashibwe last night, Matt, true or false, was literally committing assault on the court <laughs> and getting away with it. He was shoving people, throwing people, pushing people, going over the backs of people. Matt, am I making this up? That's how Kentucky got back in the game because they couldn't do anything offensively. They threw the ball up against glass. He would shove three people out of the way, get the ball, and lay it in.
2: Am I lying, Matt? Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. And Vandy's big man was out, which contributed to that a lot. And Vanderbilt beat him. Yeah, he was Yeah, on the last second shot.
0: Yeah, because Vanderbilt beat them because Kentucky this year We'll do a Rupp's rafters recitation, maybe in the second hour, which John will appreciate, because those people are blown to and fro. They're blown to and fro. That, that Rupp's rafters thing—you talk about chip, chicken soup to this sports fan's soul after that game last night. Let's hear Pearl hey, again.
5: I wonder if Cattlemen Noah got on and Matt Jones and said uh, Peabody and Simple Truth again.
0: Let's uh, let's hear. The simple truth coming out of Bruce Pearl one more time. John, there are a couple things in here that you're going to hear the second time that you're going to really appreciate. Let's see if you find them. Here we go. Let's find the Easter eggs. This is Bruce Pearl last night on the Auburn Radio Network, courtesy of the Auburn Radio Network, courtesy of Grant Ramey. Here we go.
4: Yeah, we played well. We played hard. We should have won the game. Um, very, very disappointing. Um. You know, obviously they made some, made some plays. We had a hard time staying in front of them at the end of the day. Um, I'm just sick and tired of our guys getting smashed down there. Smashed. Talk about the, the, the final possession in, in regulation.
0: John, there's one Easter egg right there. I'll just kill you in. How about the guy doing like three seconds of dead air because he doesn't know how to react? Uh-huh. I know. I know like, it's
1: the we, first time actually. What are it's we like,
0: di- What are we doing, sir? Yeah. He just screams. Like we
1: again using the corporate analogy, you went into a corporate boardroom and one of the guys shows up stark raving mad or drunk out of his mind and you're like, how do we deal with this? Smashed! Smashed! I mean what in I, the I think that I think that could be one of those particularly if the if the man would have the, the man doing the interview if he would have had the presence of mind to grasp what he had here. By. This is Mike this is a Mike Gundy moment. Exactly right.
6: This or it's is playoffs.
1: Jim Moore. That's exactly playoffs, what it is.
0: That's exactly playoff. what it is.
1: Yeah, it's exactly that.
0: Yes. It could have been it could have been. If this guy would have just, because you and I know Pearl, I know Pearl. You know well, Pearl. Pearl
5: was if, if that getting were on television. I think more. Those were on television, though. This was radio. You still think that would have been the case? Pearl was getting ready.
0: John, tell the living listener what Pearl was getting ready to do. If that guy would have prodded him just a little bit.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The rant. He would have unloaded. You know what?
0: He might have even gone into Alabama's off-the-field you, issue. You, 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 you hit the nail on the head. Because,
1: see, that's where he reached was. a point. He man. was right there. He, yep. Yeah, he's yep. reached a point where yep. all this is happening, yep. and all that's going on with Alabama, and they're ranked second in the country, yep. and they have this murder investigation that's going right. on. That's and right. then we come in here and lose this. 17-point lead. Our guys are getting smashed. That's right. He was getting ready. You know, we do things the right
0: way here at That's Auburn. Right. That's that, right. that was coming. That was building. Hey, Matt, you ever had an argument with somebody, and you get in that spot where in the back of your mind you're thinking, you know what, I really ought not say this, <laughs> but, but that, that gate just comes down and it just comes flooding out, and you just unload on somebody. You call them everything in the book. You use every brutal tactic, because we're all humans, right? Bruce Pearl was on the press. All he needed, trust me, I am an A-class agitator. All he needed all he needed was a little shove, just a little bit of love there.
1: And all he had to say was, all the interviewer had to say was, Coach, you know, it It seems like it, it happens a lot. This kind of stuff happens a lot down here in Tuscaloosa. That's all it would have taken. When it had to have been
0: extremely inflammatory, no. just a little bit of a nudge. Just a nudge. Now here's the here's the thing, because all politics are local. Tony, why why'd you camp on that for 15 minutes? Well, the Vols lost ZZ the Air He's gone for the year. Our our worst concerns, as we reported in real time on Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime. Chad Newman told the veterans on the team, "It's not good." Now we won't know. It's not good. Very somberly, ZZ, when he was going by his teammates, as we reported that night again, in real time, apologized. He had tears in his eyes and said, guys, I'm sorry. And it turns out the worst The worst is true. Now, I'm going to ask Sean when we come back, I'm going to ask Matt, I'm going to ask Brian, I'm going to ask you. You think Tennessee is going to go down there and get a call? N- not Not win the game or not win the game? Auburn shot, okay? Auburn shot in this game last night. One more time, just for the sake of the conversation. 63% from three and still got beat. Tennessee better shoot the ball like that if they want to even stay in the game. Because if you think the Southeastern Conference is not going to send a crew in there and do a make good. In my business, we call it a make good. Make good is this. I get in a segment that goes long. We don't play a a um we don't play an ad that's promised. We do a make good. They are getting ready to do a make good of all make goods for that Auburn bunch. Tennessee is walking into the wrong place at the wrong time on Saturday. And I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. Cloney's got a great, and Cloney's got a great one from the political world, John Adams, from the political world. Think about politics. Think about the Democrat Party. Think about 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago this happened. Think about who Pearl just channeled. His inner whom. Tennessee, are they going to get a call? Let's break this down scientifically after this.
6: This
13: is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5, on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Coming to Star Theater in Pulaski, The Play That Goes Wrong, March 3rd, 4th, 5th, 10th, and 11th. When a ragtag theater troupe attempts to present your basic murder mystery, everything falls apart and quickly descends into a rollicking comedy so bad, it's good. Showtimes are 7 p.m. March 3rd, 4th, 10th, and 11th with a 2 p.m. matinee March 5th. For tickets, visit startheater.org. Don't miss The Play That Goes Wrong, March 3rd through 11th at Star Theater, east side of the square, downtown Pulaski.
4: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia.
0: Bruce Pearl went, uh, I don't know, nuts last night. The insanity clause last night. New York Post had that headline one time around uh, Christmas uh, for somebody, and it said the insanity clause. (laughs) The people that write the headlines for the New York Post John are really good. those p- three or four people they have and that's just the best right You shake your head they're at the
1: it. best and they're the best in the world
0: They can do they can do it in three words. It's really really, really something. okay who who had John when I say to people get ready to get the screw job, Put to you on Saturday like never before. The books are going to be cooked. Can I get an amen from, this, from my chorus in here? And, John, I'll start with you because I know you want to say amen, brother.
1: No, no amen here, Tony. I think it will be just the opposite. Uh, you made a great point early in the show comparing Tony Vitello and Bruce Pearl. Mm. These guys aren't comp- company men. And they're accompanying men in in regard to their own program and their own team. But overall, they don't go along. And they speak out, and they're not conventional. So I think, I think the SEC would prefer to see Bruce Pearl put back in his place because he crossed the line there. No, he didn't directly attack the officials. But the emotion in his voice... He was so angry. He's saying we got smashed. Translation: We got cheated. We got cheated. That's what you say between the lines. So I don't think uh, I don't think this will uh, hurt Tennessee. I don't think there will be, as you might say, a makeup game in terms of officiating where Auburn gets a lot lot of close calls. I think it will be. Just the opposite. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Bruce Pearl got a quick technical
0: Saturday. Matt, who you siding with, me or John, in this deal?
2: Uh, well, because of how the the first meeting with these teams went, this game's going to be was going to be over officiated like crazy um, before mm. last night. Mm. So I, I I'm not, and I think that probably benefits Auburn because we've talked about. You know, the more mugging and and physical the officials let a game be, the better, the more advantage it is for Tennessee. So I Mm -hmm. I, I think that probably favors Auburn. And then, you know, playing at home, they'll probably get a little bit better whistle too. But I don't know, it's kind of fascinating to see. Um, I kind of feel like this game's going to be a blowout one way or the other. There's not really an in-between either, you know, with, with Tennessee having to, Play without their point guard for the first time. Mm. Auburn, you know, playing for their season after that emotional loss. Like they're either going to play really well or really bad, and I, I think the game probably goes a lot like the Tennessee Arkansas game did, one way or the other, where it's kind of a a blowout.
0: Um, Brian Hartman, whose side, John, on, on this, the right side or John Adams' side?
5: Lee. Hey. I
0: think um
5: I think Auburn's gonna get a lot of calls. And I also think Tennessee's gonna get a lot of calls. I think it's gonna be even on both ends. I really kind of think that after listening to John. They'll try to uh, they're gonna they're gonna give Auburn the benefit of the doubt, but they're gonna also call for they're also Tennessee's gonna get a whistle just so it doesn't appear as obvious what they're trying to do.
1: I uh, think that makes Brian sense. I- Uh, Excuse me, but I think the SEC will want to put Bruce Pearl in his place.
0: Just like they did, and will continue to, Tony Vols. Yes. Because they don't do do these people. John, am I right in saying that, because people think Pearl's a real selfish guy. I think he's a team guy. I think he's a guy that's so in there for his guys that he saw that Cardwell kid get hurt and not even a foul called. And I think that's why he was coming unglued. And I think Tony would do the same thing there by the way
1: that, uh, that's a really good point, Tony. I think yeah in in some ways you could say all oh, coaches are selfish, it's about them it's about but they view their team as sort of an extension of themselves. their team is their family, and they are going to be defended, defensive about their yep. family yep. they will defend it to the and when they feel as though they're they're one of their players has gotten a short end of the stick, nothing enrages them more. And I think that was the case with uh, Tony Vitello when Mahi Ahuna, we went through all this delay. He, he can't play right away. Finally, five or six games in, he's allowed to play. That just enraged Tony Vitello. He wasn't upset about himself. He was upset about what happened with Ahuna, his player, his guy. His family, and I think Bruce Pearl is the same way. I think to a fault. I think when he, he, Bruce was the same way when he was at Tennessee, and sometimes his players did things they shouldn't have off the court. Um, and I think though Bruce probably not wisely at all times was extremely defensive of them He's because a wild they man. were his guy, He's a wild man. guys.
0: Nope. They were his family, nope. and, and he's going to the mat for them. And I think kids play harder for you. I think when you show kids that, I think when those Auburn kids, they're all on social media, they saw that today. You hear your coach scream like that into an open microphone in a very non corporate <laughs> way. I mean, you can't help. I mean, that fires me up, and, I, and I'm Chilford of all Saturday. I mean, I love well, it. I love hey, Tony, personally. I love
1: that. Think about it. Yeah, it's not like you know how. Uh, Nate Oates, when uh, Alabama lost to Tennessee a few yeah. weeks ago, yeah. he he very made very calculated, uh, subtle references to the officiating. The Officiating wasn't bad; right. that didn't cost us the game. But he was getting, he was planting seeds for a possible rematch. Uh, but there was nothing subtle about Bruce Pearl. This was not calculated. This was just raw emotion. Yep. My family, my player has been wrong terribly. He's over there hurt, and you're to blame. You smashed my player.
0: Pearl's a total nut job, and I got time for it. The question is, will it hurt or help the Vols? Because it's 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 not an either or. There, it's one of them. It's one of them. They're either going to act according. John, John might have a good point. They might give him a Tony Vols 10th Avenue freeze-out, quoting the great Bruce Springsteen. Let's go to the phones. 865-200-5402. If you want to join us, let's get our first call in. Hello and welcome. Live on the Tony Basilio Show on a Thursday. Mark Murphy coming up, who uh, covers uh, Auburn here in about 15. Hello and welcome in. How you doing, Tony? Hey, Bill. John,
14: I can remember you wrote a little column about me on my fantasy of dating Shirley Jones.
0: Well, there you go. That's the answer.
1: Well, uh, first of all, Bill, I don't know why you referred to it as a little column. I find that somewhat disparaging. (laughs) And also, I, I can't believe that I would have devoted an entire column to you. (laughs) <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Oh, okay.
15: All right. We'll be turning 89 this month. Another story for another time. you turn 89? I'm, I'm, congratulations,
0: be Bill. be turning
1: 89.
0: Bill, you don't, love, you Bill, don't look, you look don't,
1: anywhere near that. No, them. congratulations to I'll you.
14: be turning 89. Jones will be being 89. You Please. look
0: incredible for 89, Bill. Oh, oh yeah, I misunderstood. Right. I'm no, on his yeah. phone, on his phone, you get every fifth word. So he, he, hi, eighty nine. I'm sixty nine, John. Oh, uh, Bill <laughs> okay, has a well. uh, Bill has a phone that's nice. that nice speaks partial <laughs> English.
14: Uh, so. Yeah. You know on another note what you know what if how would Mike Keith react if Mike Frabel went on a on a little rampage
0: That's a great how point cuz he's a pretty cor- that's a it's a pretty corporate guy right there John how would Mike Keith have reacted That's a great question Um he I know Mike Keith is is pretty even keel He would have dog. He would have dug but, in.
1: He would have dug on that I don't know too many people that could have handled it that way. Even if you're you are trained and it's it's in your nature yep. to maintain that even keel approach, in the heat of that moment, I mean, you just got to be human. There, he would have dug in. You just can't let that go, Coach. I don't think Mike Keith would have let it go.
0: I don't believe he would either. Yeah, I think he would have dogged in. <laughs> Can you imagine Larry Munson,
1: the oh, late great of Georgia, if oh. a football coach? Would a- <laughs> oh. have.
2: Are we sure there wasn't a follow up question to that? Because it it sounded like there was like two or three different like audio bits that were together in the the thing you played, tonight. And I, what he, I wonder what Pearl said after the game, like in the, the media setting, if if he had similar
0: We'll ask Mark Murphy.
2: Because he was kind of pandering to his fans because he's on the Auburn radio. Oh, deal. Yeah,
0: we'll ask Mark Murphy. No, I don't think Pearl was pandering. I think Pearl was pissed. And I think Pearl lost all sense well, of himself. No, he
2: was. He was. But yeah. I wonder if he was more controlled when he was not talking on the Auburn radio network.
0: Maybe. We'll see. Probably, we'll see what Mark
2: says.
1: Although... He, he reached such a level, yep. such a level of disgust and anger. Yes. I don't know how fast he could
0: turn it down yep. when
1: he made that transition.
0: Hey, Bill, I love you. I appreciate you. It's the way I feel about Bill's cell phone. Let me get a quick legal in here and we'll keep the calls coming. So it's hour number two on the Tony Basilio show, and we were just talking about the, the, the implications of Bruce Pearl's pouring his heart out. After the game last night and Titan's bill is agnostic on the issue, but something about he's turning 89 next in September am,
1: am, I, only, am I the only one who thought he said he was turning 89? Oh, He's turning
0: 89 in September. He's like uh, Toby Waka. Toby Waka skipped his 18th year on Earth and Titan's bill just skipped two decades. He's 89 now. Hello and welcome into our next call.
10: Hey Johnny Johnny balls Hey Johnny How are y'all? Johnny, are you
0: ready? Do you agree with me, Johnny, that the Vols need to get ready to get it and take it halfway like a man?
10: Halfway. I, I think that that environment um Matt's mentioned a few times going down and playing in that environment. Those fans um and if if Auburn can get more than one player shooting the ball and hitting threes um uh, the refs may, if they just kind of, even if they call it, say, 60-40, just a game like that, I think that uh, that Auburn will win uh, by quite a bit. Um, and I, 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 at first I thought, uh, well, I think Tony's right, but after uh, what John said about the refs and, you know, how they stick together and, uh, take up for each other. I think that possibly uh, changed my mind. So I don't know. I'm half, I'm about halfway there, so I'm about useless there. Um, Tony, um, I didn't get to call in anytime since I guess it was overtime over the week or over the weekend or last week. Um, you talking about birthdays, um, brought me, uh, to thinking about. Uh, when we were doing the October birthdays uh, at Smoothie King, uh, I guess it was it was either last year or the year before, and uh, everybody either on the phone or at Smoothie King wanted Roger to do the Happy Birthday song, and I was one of them. Yep. And your previous your previous caller had sung me Happy Birthday song because uh, Roger was busy that day. Well, the next day I called in and, and, uh, Roger sung it because, uh, it, it just, times Bill just didn't, uh, just didn't do a very good job. Uh, Tony on Bruce Pearl, when he was here at Tennessee, the guy didn't hold things back here. And it would have been very interesting to, if something sort of like what happened, uh, to see how Kessling and, Burke Camp may have had, handled that situation. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying Barnes would ever get to that point, but if it was reversed and it was it was Pearl, Pearl was like a he was like a mob boss going off uh, on his capos for not kicking up enough money. Um, the way he was talking to those two guys, and the thing that I really would love to have seen was when he hit the tunnel. From the time he hit the tunnel uh to when he had to do his interviews um, back back behind the uh, stage there uh, i I would have loved to have seen that It'd been good to be a fly on the wall back there but he was pacing around like a caged lion.
0: I mean he slammed yeah. down those headphones you know, he's not he's not walking too well he's having all kinds of hip issues, which I wonder if the chronic pain is playing into his countenance as well, because he was on the court a lot last night he was he was a stark, raving lunatic madman last night, and I got time for it John John's right, and I appreciate some, you thank you I appreciate you, thank you well, the thing about him is is that and thank you, John the thing about him is um John might be right, he might come out Saturday. And do the whole madman bit, and they'd look at him and give him a a T, and that's it. They have control of the game after that. Either that, or, if I'm right, we don't get a call, and we get rolled. Let's go back. I would guns.
1: bet. I would bet he gets a technical early in that game.
0: Or me and Matt are right, and they let them play total physical football you know, with us.
5: I really want to yeah. know who's the who the officiating crew will be in that game. It'd be nice to know that now.
0: Can't know it now, Bri but we will know it because they don't let you know because of gambling purposes. Let's go back to the phone. They will,
5: they will over-officiate it after
2: yep. the last game, the last Tennessee-Auburn game here.
1: Back- well, see, that That doesn't work. I, I mean, to me, officiating will have much to do with how Tennessee fares in both the SEC and NCAA tournament. Yep, because they yep. let them grab. If they let Tennessee play roughhouse, yep. as it's wont to do, yep. uh, it will be a hard team to beat. If they let it play Roughhouse and the opposing team doesn't match that, Tennessee will bully the opponent into submission. Back and to the win every time. Back
0: to the phones they go. I bet they let Auburn play Roughhouse and I bet they call everything on Tennessee Saturday. Hello and welcome into to our next call. It's my it's my bet. Hello and welcome in.
16: <laughs> hey Tony, John, Matt and Brian, Zach and Elizabeth. Hey Zach. How you doing someone doing? Um are we we make an assumption about Bill's phone? Are we sure it's not a rotary phone?
0: Bill's not on a rotary phone, no. He's changed. Um, Bill has changed, believe it or not, cell providers like nine times. I'm starting to think Bill's just in a dead spot in his house, man. Poor guy. He got. He called me one day so excited off the air because he had just gotten a new cell phone with a new cell phone plan from a different provider, and the thing cut off like four times while we were talking.
1: <laughs> but, I, Tony,
0: I think yeah. he's doing great.
1: He's doing great for an eighty-nine-year-old. No
0: doubt about it, Bill. If you're listening, yeah, for a night, you are for a wonderful. Yep, he's he's a, he's the only an octogenarian for a few more months. So, Don, Bill, you've done a great job for an octogenarian.
16: Yeah, and Shirley Jones,
0: uh, she, she was in, was she in the Partridge Family? Or I know I'm. going Yes, I'm that's her. Yes, she was. Yeah, there's a song that we're singing. Come okay. on, get happy. Yeah,
16: <laughs> you got it, you got it, man. Uh, you guys should play that live. Uh, I I was I'd call that for the Arkansas game, and I I had hoped that what would happen happened last night, which is I'm hoping that Arkansas or or, or, uh, Alb- or Auburn is roached. Uh, I don't know if the, if, if the rest, refing you know th- right now there's nothing good going on in the state of Alabama, so I don't I don't think we're gonna get any. Generous calls, nope. especially since we got that. Especially since that, you know, they're going to remember that 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 non foul, that non call, that uh, at, to end the game up here. Yep. I kind of think you're right, Tony, but I do see where John's coming from. We're walking into a volatile situation. I loved what Pearl did last night. I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on that little rumble that almost started, and when the dude from Alabama threw the ball on the guy's head and then a been oh that Alabama was
0: football. awesome okay so preceding that foul down there on cardwell john there was an there it happened with about what was it, eight and a half nine minutes left in the game something like that it was yeah. like uh, right in the yeah. middle of the second half they had a situation where uh they had a skirmish on the court it ended up with two players and an assistant coach coming off alabama's bench and being ejected Including the yeah. Betty Occo guy, who every time I see his name, I think of Betty Crocco, uh, the, the center. But he got he got uh, he got ejected. Another guy got ejected, and an assistant coach. They all ran onto the court. Everybody was losing their mind last night down there, John.
1: Tony, do you think all that's going on with Alabama basketball has created sort of a mass tension there within the program? Mm. Probably I, I, and I, us I the world deal them, where these yeah. guys are just they're kind of on edge they're under the gun they're no I didn't mean to say under the gun I'm apologize <laughs> they're they're under the microscope and they're being scrutinized yeah. a lot and I think that builds up the pressure yep so I think the SEC tournament I, I don't normally the SEC tournament conference tournaments to me they're just kind of uh A preview maybe it's like a watered down version of what's to come everybody's looking to the NCAA tournament but I think the SEC tournament could be pretty wild because you have some teams in there like Tennessee like Kentucky uh, who like to play physical you have all that's going on with Alabama and and now with Auburn and and Bruce Pearl on a war path
0: there's just a lot of stuff going on Could make for a really Played intriguing turn. Great game last night, Zach. It's what I've been wanting from college basketball all year, man. You could watch that thing yeah, from man. start to finish and not turn a channel.
16: Well, I hope they got, I hope they roast themselves, um, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Talk to you later.
2: Man.
0: Much love. G to the B to the O. 865-200-5402. John Adams, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna get the lowdown on what's going on with Pearl and what that was about, and uh, how did he comport himself post-game, what is going on, what is the deal, Benny the Heel. We're going to continue on the other side, 865-200-5402. Mark Murphy is going to join. Uh, He's from AUtigers.com. He's the special guest on the TDS Logistics Hotline as we continue on the other side after this.
14: This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee.
13: This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5, on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour.
2: Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31.00
12: Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin Peay starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State vs. Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game murray county volunteer firefighters are hosting their annual mulch sale fundraiser saturday
8: march 4th beginning at 8 a.m locals can drive through station 12 and purchase black brown or red mulch in support of murray county fire volunteer personnel this fundraiser will directly support and equip murray county volunteer firefighters to serve our community join us at 1180 carters creek pipe on march 4th or visit murraycountyfiretn.org that's murraycountyfiretn.org
9: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Tony, B, uh, back with you. It's the Tony Basilio Show. On a Thursday, we've got John Adams of the Knoxville News, something who's with us on Thursday. presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Mark Murphy now joins from uh, AUtigers.com, and and Mark, I welcome you in against the backdrop that that rant last night by Pearl was an all-timer, and and and, and we had him here. We know who he is. We know he can be volatile. He was freaking out on the radio post game. As I welcome you in, Mark, you tell me that he um, was a little more reserved on the post game uh, to the to the press but yet he didn't change the theme at all. He didn't shy away. Go, go ahead, and if you can, elaborate as I welcome you in, and thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah,
15: you're right. Uh, he called the whole thing a joke, and uh, he was very unhappy about a lot of things, and one of the things he's particularly unhappy about is his backup center uh, got crashed into late in the game and injured, and he's probably going to be able to play against Tennessee, Dylan Cardwell which is the last thing they need. And I think that's one of the reasons that he's upset. And uh, Because Tennessee's got such a big, strong, physical front line. And uh, that's going to be a lot for Janiah Broom to handle. And he was mad about Janiah Broom too. Uh, he fouled out of the game very early. Alabama couldn't cover him. And the uh, fifth foul was just ludicrous. And there was a couple other very questionable fouls on him. Auburn's Three best inside players fouled out. Uh, Several of the calls were um, crazy, to say the least. And several times, I mean, Alabama just barreled in. There was no contact at all. And they called and one-type fouls. And and Pearl on his post-game show um, and then on even uh, afterwards, he talked about uh, he's just sick and tired of his players driving to the basket and getting them. Crashed into and no calls being made and uh, so yeah he was a this is the maddest I think I've seen him probably since the national championship uh, semifinals when they had the uh, controversial finish there in the game against Virginia that was horrible but he spent a lot of time to, had a lot of time to cool down before he came out and talked to the media he was mad but his comments to the the press were a lot calmer than he really was.
0: Did you hear his uh, radio thing? Did you hear the radio post game? Did, did, yes. did they edit that that thing? That's the thing that's out there. The ninety second clip, or was that just a ninety second? Uh, basically, the that's that was the the whole interview.
15: Uh, I I haven't heard that clip, but I I do have a, uh, a recording of what he said. And uh, boy, he had some long pauses. <laughs> Between.
0: Okay, so it was real. Okay, yeah, because that's what it was. It it was long pause, It was
15: quite real, and he was quite mad. And, uh, uh, you know, I kind of go back and look at my story I wrote. I used some of those quotes because they were just, uh, they were the best quotes of the season. Yep. As far (laughs) as covering Auburn, but he was, you know, he was absolutely furious. And I think it's just sort of a build up, too. Uh, you guys have probably seen a lot of less than great officiating the SEC. And I've covered SEC a long time. I probably have seen more just really poorly officiated games, not just at Auburn or teams Auburn's played um, all over the place. And what uh, it's cost Auburn several games this year.
0: Tell me about that. Elaborate on that. We were talking off the air. You said you, said you believe that it wasn't just last night's game. Because I thought it was really interesting that coming into the game, Pearl said, we need this thing for the NCAA tournament. Now, whether he was trying to get his kids' attention or whatever it was, they literally went out and played the game of the year. Auburn did. They shot 63% from three-point range. They were making shots out of their minds and still lost. Yeah. Yeah, he was, um, uh, you
15: know, they did what he wanted them to do, the uh – you know, Alabama was leading the nation in rebounding margin. Auburn was up by double digits in rebounding for most of the game. Uh and then the big guys got fouled out and Alabama almost caught up in rebounding and uh yeah, they I think it was something like twelve or twenty from three point range. You know, you challenged the bench to step up because Alabama's bench had outscored Auburn's bench in the game over at Auburn and uh he also challenged them to you know finish the half well uh which they haven't always done this year and um, and they did that, and uh they withstood Alabama run early in the second half and then built the lead back up into double digits, actually got it up to seventeen at one point, and then they started getting into foul trouble, and that really cost them so yeah it's it's certainly been a frustrating season uh. Or Auburn, but, you know, I think the players and the coaches thought they would be a lot better than 19 and 11 right now. and um, So that makes this game Saturday with Tennessee even more important for Auburn. Is it, not only is it senior day, I mean, they're sort of, they're 37 in the net and uh, that's not, that's pretty good, but um, with 11 losses, they don't need another one going into the SEC tournament. And like Pearl said, he said, we might end up go to the SEC tournament, and uh, the team we play in the first round might not be be enough to do anything to help our net or help our NCAA resume. Tennessee, being Tennessee, certainly would. Tennessee's number three in in the net last I checked. And that would, without a doubt, get Auburn in the NCAA tournament.
0: Mark Murphy joining. Uh, John Adams, jump in here. Go ahead, my friend. Mark, I wrote a column Saturday about Tony Vitello, who
1: recently was suspended here for three games. Um, And in talking to him, pretty much the gist of my column was Vitello needs to be be careful because he's kind of a marked man because the way he carries himself, because he's been suspended three times now. He's very aggressive in defending his players, and he's not the least bit timid about challenging calls uh and he's not well he's beloved in knoxville but uh not so much outside the city limits and outside big orange country i kind of look at bruce pearl the same way much loved when he was a basketball coach at tennessee and i think he's it's the same thing that's going on with auburn with his fan base but outside of there Bruce isn't a conventional coach he's not he doesn't follow the the corporate line much of the times and he can be very outspoken and I wonder based on your comments you make it sound like this has been a season long thing do you think Bruce is kind of a marked man
15: you know I really don't uh, you know I see him interact with officials before the games and during the games and he actually been about as calm um this year on the sidelines i think he's gotten one technical i think that was really early in the season uh in a non-conference game but uh i mean it's been one of those pull your hair out kind of seasons uh for for pearl and for the players too they're just absolutely puzzled a lot of the calls that have taken place in games that that have cost them uh really close uh Contest and you know, they lost by three out in Los Angeles to Southern California in a game that uh, whoa had some really home cooking type calls. They lost by three at West Virginia in the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. A lot of really unusual calls that, that helped West Virginia win, and um, there were some other games, uh, but he was he was not happy with the uh, loss at Texas A and M. Uh, 83-78, and there was a huge discrepancy in the foul call, and there's a couple other games that played, too, so uh, it, I think he's just, I think he just, that was all built up, and then losing the game to Alabama after being up by 17 points, and and then having your, uh, having key players foul out, when more than multiple ones of those calls were just very strange, and just very poor calls. And I played basketball myself. I've officiated basketball. Nice. I know what a foul is. I know what a foul is. And uh, it was a, it was just a shame what, what what happened to the players last night because they played hard. They played well. They outshot Alabama. Yep. Uh, they hit 3 pointers, which is good for this team, which is not a really good three point shooting team. And they did the things that, uh, the coaches asked them to do. And Wes Flanagan had the scouting report for this game, former Auburn point guard, whose son, Allen, played real well last night as a senior on the team. And, you know, the things that he was telling them they needed to do in practice, they went out and did it, and it just wasn't quite enough. But, you know, Alabama deserves credit. You know, they were down 17. They didn't give up. They played super aggressive basketball the last, you know, last half and then into the overtime and uh, found a way to win.
0: Mark Murphy is joining. Uh, he is uh, Tigers dot com. Matt Dixon, jump in here with us. Go ahead, man. Yeah, just
2: it seems to me that the the way Auburn's, Auburn's guards specifically play, um, where they do they do the leg kicks on on the jump shots, and you know Katie Johnson just looks out of control all the time. It feels like that take like they don't get any benefit of the doubt. Um, with the, with the officials, kind of like at the end of the game here when, when Wendell Green was obviously fouled. Uh, but, you know, so I, I, I just don't think that the, those guards, the way they play helps them at all when it comes to getting close calls. Although I mean, they got screwed last night. Um, but what what was it that Auburn did offensively to have success against Alabama? Like, were, were they just making just contested shots all game or or did they, did they do some stuff offensively that they maybe haven't done
15: much this year? You know, when uh, Jedi Broome, the, the 6'10 center, was in the game before he fouled out, uh, they were getting the ball posted to him, and he was either scoring or getting it back out to somebody for an open shot. And then Jalen Williams, before he fouled out, you know, six seven, six eight, senior powerful with a really nice shooting touch and uh, he carried him offensively in the first half and uh, um you know normally he's a guy that you know when if, when Broome found out they would put him in the post and uh let him be a scoring threat down low. But he was fouled out too so uh but he had a really nice offensive game. Then Alex Lanigan was one of the more athletic players in the sec um you know he had eight rebounds 17 points made some really nice shots and Allen's a real good story he's got you know he had a torn achilles tendon suffered right before the start um well last season and he played some last season but it's just a shame he was just a shadow of himself and he's a guy that had been invited to the nba camp prior to last season and uh and, and done real well and uh, uh so when he, you know when they get three or four of those guys really playing well like they did last night and they get a lot of bench scoring like they did uh, they become more difficult to beat
1: lark um this bruce Pearl's done such a great job at there there at auburn brought in a lot of big time players this isn't one of his more talented teams what does it look like next year for Auburn based on its recruiting and returning players?
15: Yeah, they should be really strong. Uh, they've got um, a great, couple great players coming in. They also um, got two of the top 40 players in the country coming in for the 2024 class. North, uh, got, I really like Denimobile or Baron Salon. Who, uh, well, I think when he gets into Auburn, he'll be one of the, immediately one of the the best players in the country. And they got a really good point guard coming in named Todd uh, Pettiford from New Jersey. So got a big seven foot center on the way. So the recruiting pipeline is just fine. Uh, uh you know I think uh the big question is can they hit the transfer portal and get a big athletic shooting guard? Uh, a guy who can play defense but also hit three pointers because as you know his teams have really taken advantage over the years of three point rule and this team just has not shot the ball well from three point range and, and that's just been a big issue and they've had to change how they play and you know basically when they won this year a lot of it has been through defense. You know, Tennessee, Alabama, uh Arkansas, Auburn, or SEC teams all ranked up near the top in a mighty defensive statistics. And, uh, Auburn didn't, doesn't get as much attention because Alabama and Tennessee have just been so outstanding on defense. I personally think Tennessee is the best defensive team I've seen in college basketball this year, but Auburn's been pretty good in that area. And that's just, they sort of had to adjust how they played, played the game. You know,
0: Matt brought a great point up to me a second ago, which is this is Tennessee's now going to miss Dylan Cald, Dylan Caldwell twice. How significant is that for him not being there? How significant was it the first matchup?
15: Yeah, Dylan's 6'11". He's 255, a very athletic kind of guy, plays with a lot of energy, and uh, uh you know, Broome is a big guy, more of a finesse player, 6'10", 235. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a problem, um, but uh, especially if Auburn gets some foul trouble on some of the other players. And, uh, you know, one of the issues they've had this year, they went over to Israel this summer,
1: mm-hmm.
15: and probably the best player on the team was Chance Westry a really talented uh, 6'6", 190 combo guard. He could actually play 1, 2, and 3. And he had to have knee surgery right before the start of the season. He tried to play. He just wasn't effective. He didn't have lateral movement. So he's being redshirted right now. So that was the kind of guy who probably made a difference uh, against really talented teams because uh, you know, he played against the Israeli national team. And, some other, and another game against professionals and, and did really well. So, uh, yeah. But you're right, not having Cardwell there is an issue. Uh, I'm curious to see if they're going to start playing another one. They're freshmen. Uh, mm. uh, Yotre Orr, he's 6'10", 225. He's from France. and He just hasn't played a whole lot lately.
0: So, or he—he said so we haven't seen him. When's the last time he played any significant minutes?
15: Uh, I think it was probably about six or seven games. A
0: day. Oh wow!
15: Wow. So yeah, they're sort of in between a rock and a hard place. But you know, most teams have attrition this time a year, and uh, you know, of course, Tennessee does too with his point guard. And Tennessee's had uh-huh. to play around losing some really good players. Yep. For stretches this season, and uh, uh, that's why it's important to have a, a deep roster. Well, it is important. Hey, uh,
0: and go ahead, Brian. jump in. I want to ask about the uh, Ziegler not playing. Do
5: you think Auburn's going to try to press more?
0: Great question. With him,
5: with him out, or do you think they might? Will uh, the officials let them? Do you think the officials will not allow, or will? we'll call fouls, or can they press without
0: fouls? That's Tennessee's concern. Tennessee's concern is that Auburn's going to throw some pressure at them tomorrow and force those guys that aren't used to playing the position have to handle the ball in that hostile environment, get a few turnovers and see what happens. Mark, you think we'll see it?
15: You know, they might occasionally press off of, um, you know, made foul shot, uh, and they might have a little token pressure, but you know, I would guess they'll do some uh, trapping, uh, you know, three quarters court front court trapping, just to see how the guards handle that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Auburn doesn't have real big guards. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they're going to be trapping guys who should be able to pass over the guards. Now, if they use Flanagan, who can play guard, but, you know, he's big. He's six six with long arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can do that. Chris Moore, who is 6'6", uh kid from Memphis who was playing really, really well. And then he got injured. uh, And he's back playing, but he's just sort of not his his normal self at the moment, even though he played well last night. Um, Now, he's a guy they could use to trap, too, but he's also a good rebounder. I'm not sure they'll really want to pull him out of the way from – The the basket, especially with such a uh, great rebounding team like Tennessee, with the size, uh, it's going to be. You know, I thought Auburn was going to win this game, uh, uh, early in the week, now I'm not expecting that necessarily. I think Tennessee's got a great chance to win, even without ZZ.
0: So you you think emotionally, just what happened the other night is uh, plus no Cardwell.
15: yeah, and no Cardwell is a problem. That's a big problem. Wow.
0: It's going to be really interesting to say. And, and, and you know, you also have the thing um, where there, Pearl, Pearl says it. You know, I, again, is he overstating it? I don't know. But he's going to paint this thing up and is painting it up like we've got a win or go home deal on Saturday. I mean, he's already saying that. So does that is he doing that to get his team's
15: attention? What, what's the What's the point? Oh, I think they sincerely believe me. Okay, I think they understand. They're on the bubble with eleven losses, and uh, they got a bunch of um, good wins from pre-conference, mm-hmm. um, and they played more road games against power five teams than any other power five team. True, and that'll help them. Their strength of schedule is good, but still, I got, they're 19 and 11. All right yeah, mm-hmm. They lose to Tennessee. They're going to go to the SEC tournament 19 and 12, and I don't think they're going to be a lot to get in the NCAA tournament. And they're probably going to have to do some real good things up in Nashville in the SEC tournament uh, if they come into this game with another loss, And into the ter- SEC tournament with another loss. Uh,
0: you know, 19 and 12 is uh it's and 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 we're in a year in college basketball where anybody that gets in this thing including auburn can make a ton of noise tennessee even without zakai ziegler could get in that tournament and win three games anybody can get in that thing of the out of these leagues yeah. west virginia could get in this thing mark have you ever seen a year like this in college hoops
15: you know i watch a lot of college basketball from around the country yep. and uh I don't see a single team out there that I would say is at locked to get to the final. No doubt. We had
0: Jerry Palm on yesterday, who is a uh, Purdue cheerleader. You know, they've lost four out of six. He still has them on the one line. And we were arguing with him. I was messing with him, calling it, a, uh, calling it a bracket intervention with him. I was asking him to open his bracket on the air. And he said, okay, I'll open it. Who do you want to put on the one line? And then we were going through some teams. And there are literally... There's, we're bereft of number one seeds this year, to your point.
15: I uh, thought Purdue back in January yep. looked like a number one seed. Yep. I don't look like it right now. No, sir.
0: It's, hey,
15: if folks want to read
0: your stuff or interact with you, how do they do so? And I appreciate your time.
15: Oh, I'm glad to do it. You guys are fun to talk with. Uh, just go to the – you can find this uh, at com or just go to the 24-7 sports network and uh, and go to the Auburn side and there we are mark thanks man you're always a pleasure and I, I
0: love your I love your hoops knowledge brother you break it down scientifically uh being on guys thank you Mark Murphy he's a good dude um and hes um, he's good go ahead Brian
5: Auburn right now Jerry Paul had dropped into the 11 seed I think they're one of the last few teams to get a bye that won't have to play in Dayton so yep. Maybe if Tennessee beats them, it might push them to the play-in game.
0: Who knows? You know, the and, thing about this is, when we were in their spot back in the day, which is crazy, right, because Tennessee's so in the tournament now. John, you remember the days of looking at the bracket and looking at the teams? and Tennessee was in the tournament. They were in the tournament, John, three, three months ago. <laughs> but, you know, the Auburn, you know, none of this happens in a vacuum. If the Vols beat them Saturday and all the teams lose around them, they stay right where they're at.
5: I think Auburn was in the tournament three months ago.
0: No doubt about that was, it, Brian. They Auburn, were a lock. They're going to lose but. twelve games if Tennessee beats them Saturday. They're going to lose twelve. So we come back. I got to ask Sean this at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Is Tennessee going to go down there without Z Z stop and win the game in that environment? Mark Murphy, who covers them, said yes. Tony, they are. He said, and the reason they are two reasons. Auburn shot their shot last night with Alabama, and they didn't get it done, which is very similar, ironically enough, to what South Carolina did with Alabama before the Saturday game last week. South Carolina played out of their minds, out of their minds against Alabama. We'll come back on the other side. I want to hear from you. This guy thinks the Vols are going to go down there and win without Z. Is that going to happen? Oh, yeah. We're going to continue on the other side right after this.
11: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
18: Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble.
6: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7
7: WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: The Cardwell guy who I keep wanting to call Caldwell for whatever reason, and I have this habit with certain names where I just, you know, I don't know if any, anybody else listening to me does that, but Cardwell, Caldwell, Caldwell, Cardwell, Washington, Washington. Good, oh Caldwell.
1: Caldwell is the natural name. Cardwell is is, is off. I, I agree with you okay, on that. Thank you. In fact, if I were well, you, yeah. I would just continue to call
0: him Caldwell. And maybe it's like he's not going to have sen- is,
1: enough sense to change yeah. his
0: name. Washington, Missouri. Washington is incorrect, no matter how you look at it. But I've got a friend who says Missouri. Well, that's odd. Well, that's what the people in Missouri call it. They call it Missouri. Missouri?
1: I've never heard anybody call it Missouri.
0: Brian, yes or no, Missouri? Well, it's
1: like, it's like uh, I think I have, it's like Louisiana.
5: Some
0: call it Louisiana. Louisiana. There yeah, Louisiana. you go. Now we're, now we're, uh, now. And I'm a native. That's what people call it, Louisiana. All right, let's go back. Come <laughs> on. Brian, you're ornery. John, I said a second ago, and it sounded like you were either, blurting out like Bruce Pearl uh, before he went to our timeout. But I thought we were off the air there. Well, well, maybe not. Mark Murphy just said that, that Auburn shot the shot, the Vols are winning. Without ZZ Stop, what do you say?
1: Yeah, Tony, I, I mean, Cardwell, or as you call him, Caldwell, uh, is needed probably more against Tennessee than any other team Auburn faces because Auburn just can't match Tennessee's inside depth. Tennessee will wear it out inside. And sure it hurts to lose Ziegler, but he went out against Arkansas and look what Tennessee did to Arkansas. Uh, and I and I agree with his assessment. That was it for Auburn. It played its game of the year and lost to Alabama, its number one rival. I don't think it has anything left in the tank. I
0: think Tennessee will win by 10. That's what he said. Michael Scott. Matt Dixon, what do you say? And then we'll go back to our phones. I think it's going to
2: be another sloppy, awful basketball game. I just hope it gets it to the 50s at least. <laughs> I mean, Tennessee without Ziegler could be almost like... <laughs> Could could struggle to score twenty in the first half, you know. Auburn could just shoot their way, you know, into God knows where. It could it could be another awful game that that really sets basketball back.
1: I have a question for you guys. All right, Ziegler, such a uh, fiery competitor, a team leader. Mm-hmm. Yep, arguably the one of the more popular Tennessee player, basketball players of all time. I mm-hmm. think that's. That's a fair appraisal. Do you think his injury could be a motivating force for this team? Matt? Oh, I,
2: absolutely. I, I think it will be. It, it was the other night, but I just I just think it really kind of handicaps you offensively uh, more than any, I just think it really affects. You just don't have any other option there. So you have to almost completely reinvent what you're doing offensively this late in the season. And I don't, you know, I I just don't think that that's something that Barnes is really wants to do or kind of is good at doing. But I I do think the emotional factor, I do think Tennessee will play really hard defensively. Like, they'll never quit doing that. Do we know if Ziegler's going to be like, like, is he going with the team down there?
0: I'll check. I'll send a I, he is, I would say he's going. Yeah, he's such a part the, of it. The way they play defense, if if they if they can play defense
5: like that, they won't have to score much to have success. I don't think because they can still play D. I think Musselman called them the best defense in the nation last night after they you know didn't have ZZ in the game for most of it. And He still said that's the best defense we well, played. He said the two- best defense of-
0: yeah. He said two things, Brian. i mean, talk over you. He said two they things. Punted other,
5: that, they punted that
0: game. Well, he said two things that were really interesting. And, Matt, you were right post-game. Matt on Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime was excellent the other night because Matt said it didn't look like they had a game plan. You know what Musselman said concurrently while you were saying that, which is very interesting, right? I was visiting with Y after the game, and they were left with what Musselman said post-game, which was we were going to attack Sakai Ziegler offensively that was our entire game plan when he was on the floor we were going to use our length we were going to exploit him we were going to find him we were going to uh, um, get the ball to whomever he was guarding and he was the guy on the floor we were going to attack he said and he was going to be on the floor for 35 minutes so we could have done pretty much and played through whomever he was guarding he said as soon as that happened our game plan went 100 percent out the window which is re- a really interesting thing for a coach to say. The second thing he said, he said, and look, he said, I'm going to tell you this right now as a basketball coach, I would take tens of Kai Ziegler's for how hard he plays. But the way we play offense, which is to say, they don't run any sets. They just pick matchups, and that's what they do. And, and they just, that's the way Arkansas plays offense, and they live with the consequences. The second thing that he said that's really interesting is, when he got hurt, Tennessee became the best defensive team we've seen all year by far because their length was so great that we couldn't even complete passes in our half court. And, John, that's exactly what happened. Auburn got smothered. Stats by Will Warren has a number that Y just sent me. I'm going to share this with you guys. Matt, true or false, sight unseen? I know you haven't seen this. True or false, Matt? Tennessee... Is better on defense without Zakai Ziegler, true or false, Matt? What do you think?
2: Uh, by the numbers, probably yes, but I would say it's false on the
0: court. Um, well, Will Will Stats by Will Warren says that the numbers say Tennessee's much better on defense, much better. John, you believe that? Much better yeah, on defense, I do. And,
1: and I think he's a terrific player. Who who certainly makes the offense go. Yep, uh, and he's an emotional leader as well. He contributes so much to Tennessee's mental toughness. Yep, but his size, lack of size, can be exploited by opponents, and I think teams like Kentucky can do that. Mm. Uh, however, I, I think I, Musselman's comments are so interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm a coach, mm-hmm. don't. Wouldn't you want to have a Plan B? I mean, what if uh, what if Ziegler got two quick fouls and he's out of the game? Then what do you do? I mean, that really sounds uh,
6: that you really sounds lying to, the lame to, me.
1: to
2: take a foul away from him.
0: <laughs> you know, you know they were. You know what's interesting, Matt? Because Matt said they just punted. He composed. Matt said post game, did they even have a game plan? Which is a very astute. Thing to say, while a coach is concurrently admitting, we, by the
11: way... This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
3: Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament.
12: This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. our stars.
18: This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steele, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday.
14: All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is T. Welly, and I've got our very favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you today?
10: Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing
14: fantastic. And as always, uh, you have some great, great specials for us. So uh, what do you got this week coming up right now?
10: All righty. Well, this week we have fresh ground beef, $2.79 a pound, whole ribeyes, $4.99 a pound, strawberries, two for four, bagel soft drink, two liters, four for five, and Dasani water for five ninety nine. But we also have a special... Going on right now while supplies last beef tenderloins nine ninety nine a pound for a whole tender and ten ninety nine a pound for the fillet wow well,
14: what a great deal that is uh, people need to come in and get that and as you said that's while supplies last so people need to hurry over and again as always you guys are seven days a week 7 a.m to 9 p.m right there in west 7th street so uh, you have a great day and a great week and again thank you and thank all the great people that work there and uh, we'll talk to you next week okay
3: all righty thank you